I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with former healthcare CISO Mark Johnson, who is healthcare security practice leader at consulting firm LBMC Information Security. Mark will be speaking to me about some of the top cybersecurity challenges facing the healthcare sector in 2021. So, Mark, for starters, looking back at 2020, including the COVID-19 pandemic, what are the top lessons that the healthcare sector needs to learn from in terms of the cybersecurity stance that they should be taking in 2021? Well, the world really got stood on its head in 2020, not the least of which is the healthcare industry. Uh, as it dealt with a global pandemic, as it dealt with a workforce that is partially on-site and partially remote, dealing with all those things. And then, of course, the focus on trying to get the right information about the right patient while they're treating in a global pandemic provided a number of challenges. As we worked with our clients throughout the pandemic and as we continue to work with them as the pandemic continues, we're seeing that the focus on the, on the basics is still critical to the success of the program, the basics of a cybersecurity program, because what we're seeing is in that remote function, in that remote workforce, Reliance on identity and access management, reliance on asset management, reliance on patching and vulnerability management, all of those things become critical to allow you to deal with this crisis. I'm not speaking about the heroes on the front line taking care of the patients, and I'm not talking about the heroes in the research labs who are researching for the new vaccines to cure us or to prevent this pandemic. I'm speaking about the, the unsung heroes of healthcare IT and healthcare cybersecurity that enable those other heroes to do their job. So, Mark, with that said, the basics are important. What about some of the more mature healthcare organizations and some of the challenges that they are facing, falling victim to ransomware, phishing attacks, even if they think that they've been diligent in, for instance, you know, their identity and access management programs, patching, so on and so forth. What sorts of things are still falling through the cracks, do you think? Well, so, and I think that's a great point, Marianne. You know, we, we all saw the warning from DHS and HHS and uh, the FBI earlier in the fall about a systematic ransomware attack against providers in the United States and a number of our clients, we've helped a number of our clients during that process to say, are we ready? Do we know what we're looking for? Can we educate, quickly educate our our teams around that, and it focuses what what our more mature healthcare clients are seeing is that it's a struggle between what I'll call the operational conundrum, and that is when you have a program that you're trying to just manage and run, that's kind of the day-to-day operations, and then an emergency shows up or a warning shows up, like that warning that came in the fall, do you have the discipline, do you have the process, do you have the controls in place to allow you to just say, yep, I got that, I know what I'm doing and I can deal with it, or do you need to pull all hands on deck and kind of deal with it as an emergency? And in some cases, 
you you need to do that no matter how mature your your organization is. And I'm not saying that you can get to a point where you never have to do that because unfortunately people are very smart. The bad guys are smart. The good guys are smart. And so sometimes the bad guys are a little smarter. Sometimes the good guys are a little smarter. So what I'm trying to say long term for the more mature is they, they can't forget about that operational conundrum and balancing that operational impact versus uh, on all hands on deck kind of emergency response. What about third-party risk? We've seen a lot of breaches reported involving business associates and other vendors. Anything that sort of stands out about a pattern or things that these incidents have in common that covered entities really need to be addressing more aggressively in 2021? I think, again, the pandemic has shown us that it's an ecosphere, right? And so you have to look at not just what's inside of your four walls, for want of a better term, but who you're working with and how you're communicating and what data you're sharing and how they're protecting that data. And I saw just recently a study by the Net Diligence Cyber Claims Study 2020 report. And what struck me in that study was this, that 98% of the claims that they looked at, and they looked at claims from 2015 through 19, 98% came from what they define as small to medium businesses. And that means any business that's less than $2 billion, according to that study's reference mark. If you look at the vendors that healthcare is dealing with, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are in that small to medium business. And what that study then also tells me is that they're not paying the price of building strong cyber programs. They're relying on insurance. And unfortunately, the study highlights that that means that it's going to cost them more long term. So what does that mean to the healthcare covered entity? It means that the risk from the larger vendors that you're dealing with, so the the world-class IT organizations that you're dealing with, that's still there and it raises your profile, but it's probably well controlled because of their who they are and what they do. The risk is larger from those smaller vendors. And so healthcare still is not, in general, and still is not taking the uh, risk management of vendors more seriously or as seriously as it should. Part of it's a volume challenge. There, you know, we're working with one client that has literally thousands of vendors that they have to analyze. And part of it is that they just don't have the resources. The pandemic has shown that that's a challenge as well. When it comes to the vendors, are there certain security practices that they're falling behind in that are contributing to a lot of these breaches that we're seeing? You mentioned identity and access management, and as well as the covered entities having these remote workforces during COVID-19. Many of the vendors are sort of dealing with this as well. Are there certain areas that are kind of falling short? Yeah, and again, it's the identity and access management governance, and it's managing that workforce that's now remote. It's managing the assets that they're using. And when I say managing the assets, it's not just an inventory of the asset. It's the configuration management. It's the patch management, keeping the systems you know, up to date. We're seeing end-of-life issues that we typically see, uh, meaning you know, we're sunsetting certain 
operating systems or, or vendors are sunsetting certain operating systems, so we got to migrate so those present issues as well. So it's, it's an all combination, but again, if I, if I were to think about this in a macro sense and look across the, the issues that we've seen in 20, coupled with the pandemic, I keep coming back to these foundational items, Marianne, and, and what's heartening to me in some respects is that a lot of people are recognizing that they have to take care of those foundational items. But what's a little disheartening is that there seems to be a reliance on, well, I'm going to insure this. I'm going to, I'm going to just, I can't afford to do the, the hard work, so I'm just going to pay the insurance premium or pay for it when it hits me. And do you think that an over-reliance on cyber insurance is making some organizations lazier when it comes to their security and their prioritizing their security programs? I think that that was that study that I, I just I quoted, the net diligence study, I think it does indicate that some organizations are relying on cyber insurance. I'm not saying that's an over-reliance. I think cyber insurance is critical and important, and I think any organization that doesn't have cyber insurance today is kind of silly, right? But you need to balance. So think of it in another term. You're a good driver. I'm a good driver. But we each have auto insurance. Why? Because bad things happen to good people. We don't speed. We don't break the traffic laws. We keep our cars in good repair. We do those things, but we still have auto insurance. The same is true for cyber insurance. We need to do the, build the programs and fundamentally improve the programs and have insurance. So, Mark, looking ahead into 2021, what are some of the top cybersecurity issues that you think will emerge that maybe the healthcare sector hasn't dealt with much before, or maybe it's becoming it will become a bigger problem? Anything that sort of stands out to you, or any predictions? I have one that I think is kind of interesting and unique. I think that the pandemic is, at least it's unique and interesting to me, I hope everybody else agrees, the, the pandemic has taught us a new way to work. And I think that that means that you don't have to physically be always at a given location in order to perform a job. Now, some jobs, obviously, you have to, right? The providers themselves have to be there to treat the patients, et cetera. But I think what it's opening up is potentially the market to talent outside of your geographic region. So if you're and especially in IT. If you're in IT, certain roles don't necessarily have to be in the geographic region that you live in. And so you can open up your talent pool to maybe lower cost regions where that talent may reside. What that means, however, is that you have to have a strong remote access capability, you have to have strong identity and access management capabilities, you have to have strong logging and monitoring capabilities so that you can monitor that environment that's now potentially, if you're in the Northeast, potentially in the Southwest. That's, I think, a unique kind of thing that we're going to see coming out of the pandemic and in 2021. I think the other area that we're going to see in 21 is I think that we're going to see an increase in mergers and acquisitions. Some of the healthcare entities have struggled financially in the in due to the pandemic, and unfortunately, they may be 
forced to sell and merge with other organizations. I think the challenge from a cybersecurity perspective is that the, the acquiring organization needs to understand what that risk is up front, and that due diligence effort, which typically focuses on the financial aspects of things, needs to also include a, a diligence of the cyber aspects of things in that acquisition process. And then the hard work after the acquisition of actually merging them together. We're working with three clients right now that are going through that very process and are gearing up for more acquisitions in 21. And so what we're trying to do is help them build that foundational so that when they bolt on that new organization, they don't incur kind of legacy risk from that new organization and they bring you that organization up to their standards. And finally, Mark, are there any promising security technologies that you think that the healthcare sector needs to be paying closer attention to when it comes to security? I think that there is some promising technologies out there that we need to start we need to really start to pay attention to. I think in identity and access management, it's really predictive identity. So leveraging the information and understanding of what you your organization and your users are doing and predict what they're going to need next. That predictive identity is relying on a number of things. It obviously relies on good detailed information. It relies on really good machine learning and artificial intelligence. As we think about machine learning and artificial intelligence in a broader context in information security, I think that that's an important aspect for organizations in healthcare to look at in, in as they continue to mature their programs. That's really the next level. I think in the machine learning and artificial intelligence in anti-malware, the organizations like Mandiant and Silence and CrowdStrike, all of those are really, really changing the face of anti-malware and threat analysis and so forth. All of those things are really important as we move forward into the new threat environment in 21 and beyond. Thanks, Mark. I've been speaking to Mark Johnson. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.